All right, how's it going? My name is Matt Barr, and you're listening to episode 33 of the Looking Sideways Action Sports Podcast. Yeah, it's the podcast where I try and uncover the most fascinating stories in action sports and other related endeavors. As ever, thanks for listening to and downloading the show, and I hope you enjoy it. So, this week, I've got what you might call the rushed out before the Olympic blackout special. Not that that particularly rolls off the tongue, but uh, yeah, my guest this week is uh, none other than Billy Morgan, UK snowboarder and Olympian, who at the time of recording was jetting off to Korea, well about to, I spoke to him about a week before actually, before he was about to head off, to represent Great Britain at the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang. And as mainstream coverage will no doubt confirm in the coming weeks, he is one of Team GB's main hopes, thanks to a career that has seen him through sheer hard work and physical talent, haul himself to the top of the world snowboarding tree from the uh, unlikeliest of starting points. So I was going to put this out as usual about in a weekly interval from the James one, but I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is a thing called the Olympic blackout in, in which um, athletes aren't allowed to talk about any anyone other than uh, Olympic official Olympic sponsors we don't really discuss any of that in this but um, I just thought for to, to be safe let's get it out before the deadline of the 1st of February so here we are now when I came up for the idea of the podcast one of the only rules that I had to be honest was that I was going to try and avoid interviewing professional athletes that were under 30 to tell you the truth now the reason for that is because as I've mentioned before, I've been interviewing professional action sports athletes for well over 20 years now. And I think I'm quite well qualified to say that a lot of the time, they don't really have a lot of interest to say. Uh, now, I know that sounds like a ridiculously sweeping statement, and it is, but I do feel that I speak, albeit anecdotally, from a position of uh, some authority, really. So, um, yeah, I kind of thought that I would avoid guests who uh, lacked life experience should we say um but i've decided to break my own rule for this one with billy um who is uh scrapes under the 30 year old boundary i think he's 28 and that's because i've always found him to be a fascinating character really and i've always had a hunch that there was uh, much more to billy than first appeared and as i think you're going to hear that that is the case um he's a sensitive lad and uh, clearly, as we discover in this one, there's much more about him than this cliche of the stuntman kid from Southampton. There's that unconventional background for a start, but then there's also this somewhat uncomfortable position he can occupy in the snowboarding world. Because I think it's fair to say, and we do get into this, he's never quite been accepted by the cooler end of the snowboarding spectrum. Even now, as we hear when Billy explains the reaction to his incredible feats and world firsts, there's a tendency to sneer about who we are as a snowboarding nation or to try and explain it away as a freak that doesn't quite fit the main snowboarding narrative. I mean, Billy puts it best during our chat when he says, well, we're just a bit Britsy, aren't we? Um, and I do think that's something that's always been a large part of his snowboarding identity, much more than his peer and friend Jamie Nichols say who was always very accepted by the wider scene, probably because of his rail game, to be honest. But he's never had the the difficulty in getting the the kudos that Billy's had, and which is a real shame when you consider the feats that Billy's achieved. Anyway, that's a narrative that I think I've definitely heard countless times about Billy. And I'm sure <clears throat> if you're a, an observer of the snowboarding scene, you'll also have heard that narrative, but I've never heard it from Billy himself and I've never really heard his view on it. So that's really what I wanted to try and talk to him about. And uh, and we did, and it's a good one. So after a few months of back and forth, we tried to work out a slot in his schedule because as you imagine, he's pretty busy right now. And uh, fair play to him, we managed to make it happen. And the day we sat down to chat was actually the day, uh, fortuitously, that the Team GB squad was officially announced for the Games. Obviously, Billy was on that and uh, he'd spent the day before at the kitting out session getting boxes of uh, kit from uh, Team GB branded kits that he was going to have to take to Korea. And uh, so, yeah, that's the backdrop. And I'm not going to lie, it gets a bit geeky, this one. But among the snowboarding geekery, what we have is a really fascinating insight into the pressures and approach of a top level athlete. And really, it's just, it is a story of pressure, this one. 
on and off the snow, about how you deal with risk and fear and how you can translate incredible physical gifts into an amazing career against some uh, very high odds. And as I think you're going to hear, Billy's a total one-off, a unique character. And once he gets going, he offers up some real peerless insights into the uh, the pressure and risk involved at his level of riding, which, you know, is 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 pretty out there for a lot of us. I don't think I don't think many people can can come near to relate to what Billy does. As usual, I'm going to put clips in the show notes. And I, I do think you should have a look at them because it's incredible what these athletes do. And, um, you know, it's worth, it's worth stating Billy Morgan from Southampton is one of the world's top freestyle snowboarders. And uh, leaving aside this tendency to almost be apologetic about UK snowboarding, which I've just uh, outlined, I do think that's really worth repeating. He is one of the world's best snowboarders. And uh, that's just to state a simple fact. And I think it's something that we should really celebrate. So yeah, a great one this, really enjoyed it. He's a top lad and uh, thanks for taking the time during a very busy week, Billy. I really appreciate it. So here it is, me and Billy Morgan. Enjoy. The team got announced today, didn't it? But you you knew you were going anyway, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, a bit closer, maybe. So yeah, was, we were pretty sure we were going. Yeah. So when did you start prepping to go then? Well, it's a it's a constant thing for us, really, isn't it? It's always you know we've always got a contest around the corner, and um, this is just that that one really big one that's every, every four years. Yeah. So you, from the start of the cycle, you're always pretty confident that you're gonna you're gonna end up going, really. Well, no, not, not not at the beginning of the cycle. As you know, we don't know what's going on because we could always injure ourselves or something like that. But um, yeah. if I was in one piece and, you know, I, I held my ranking, yeah. um, I had a good pre-season to the qualification, so I was in a good place going in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been pretty hectic by the sounds of it. So you were up in Manchester getting your, your kit, weren't you, yesterday? And, yeah. Right, how was that? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. You know, getting, getting all the kits pretty rad. There's lots of... Lots of gubbins in there, three bags of of kit. I What's it like? Some of it, some of it's weird. Some of it I wouldn't wear, but yeah. you know, lots of it's kind of quite cool and pretty standard. Um, I wish you could have more of the the good stuff because there's the, the the two t-shirts that are like that I would wear every day. There's right, only two of them, and I, I don't. I think you can wash your clothes, but right, you know, I'm gonna. <laughs> there's a month of wearing those two t-shirts. They're gonna be pretty gopping by the end. Yeah, and so do they give you like? Right, this is what you got to wear for the opening ceremony, and this is what you got to wear when you're around the village. Is it, is it yeah. like literally like that? Yeah, apparently they um well they did at the last one. They have like coloured days, right? So everybody's supposed to kind of go for dinner at roughly the same time, wearing um these trousers and a red polo shirt that day. So you kind of you're like a it's pretty cringe sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. How do you find that? Is that well, all right? You just kind of get on with it. We got in a bit of trouble at the last one for um you know, wearing our own sunglasses because there was these like heavy speed dealers that they gave us. That <laughs> right. Me and Hamish were just like, nah, sorry. Um, right. Yeah, so we wore ours and then we got in loads of loads of shit for wearing them. And who's, who's keeping tabs on that then? There's like people there that are kind of about, you know, making sure people have the right kit and it's their job, I guess, to... Brand police. Yeah, the brand police. Right. <laughs> Shutting us down. It's quite mad, isn't it? The whole thing is quite mad, like the blackout period... Because yeah, that starts next week, doesn't it? Yeah, and if you mess up, it's like really not that cool. Well, I came it's to not that taken lightly. I came to that talk, didn't I, with the lawyer in it might be in October. Yeah, where where he was like, yeah, you know, like this is this is serious, and you can't you can't mess with this, basically. Yeah, because if we mess up, somebody gets in in trouble for it. Yeah, yeah. So is that difficult to get your head around? Yeah, I guess if I hadn't if I hadn't done it before. Yeah. It, it would be, but you just kind of do what they say and get on with it. I mean, it's not that bad. Just consi- just think you're like going to the gym and you're in sport mode. And yeah, it's yeah. Not too bad, you know. You're not chillaxing on the on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> so what you got to sort out? Because you got we're talking on uh, like Thursday, and you've got a week, haven't you, before you actually fly out to Korea? Yeah, I mean, I've got a few. Like, I need to go and get some boots. Um, Luckily, I'm going to Lax, and they've got a set of bindings out there for me. So it's like things like that, you know, making sure everything's squared away. I'm really bad at doing everything. I'll leave everything to the last minute. I'm pretty bad at that. So right, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like the few bits and bobs, you know, around the house and that that I want to just get sorted. 
Yeah. Um, and make sure everything's done before I leave because it's quite a while that I'm away for. You're going to be away for, what, four weeks? Is that it? Yeah. yeah okay. pretty much how much. But then there's loads of stuff that, that will crop up afterwards. Yeah. Um, more so if I do well. I guess if I don't do very well, I won't have to do much. But Yeah. And how are yeah. you feeling about it? I'm a little bit of both. You know, I, I was... I was pretty confident before, you know, I felt all right because I did that, um, the frontside triple, which kind of upped my slope style run. If I could put that in, that'd be really yeah. good. And I was hoping to get a few more of them in. Right. I hurt, I hurt my knee and Lavinio didn't end up being like as good as we thought it would be. So Lavinio was the airbag. Yeah. Which um, we were just chatting before I started recording, weren't we? So yeah. you were explaining how, how that went really. So could you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so we've got... Um, you know, a, a giant airbag that we can practice tricks onto. But the the land the airbag's actually on a downslope, so it like replicates the landing. Where yeah. normally you'd kind of just crash into a big bag, but you can actually land and ride out a little bit. Yeah. So you can practice, you know, your tricks pretty well. Um, but it was a new design that that Hamish had sorted. Hamish is the the coach. Um, so there was you know problems that we had to sort out, getting it in and out when it snowed and all that kind of stuff. Which, if we didn't have to work all that out, it would have probably gone really smoothly. Yeah. How much um, riding time did you get on it then? Uh, about five five or six days, but that's okay. quite a lot on a bag. You yeah, know, yeah. Because like, you are kind of crashing every time you land, so yeah. it does have a total. Like, you get like a minor whiplash and you kind of ache after a few days riding on it. Right. So um, is it, it's going to sound like a stupid question, but when you try to learn a trick or, you know, like practice a trick on that, is, is it a different experience like mentally than, than when you do it on a... Yeah. I mean, it, it is reduced risk. It's not risk-free do you have to have a different approach though when, you, when yeah. you go into it yeah yeah you have to kind of think you know if this is going wrong up it's better to land on your back than right kind of in certain positions where you might you know like wrench your arms or legs around yeah so the, yeah there's a different but this is the kind of thing we're still working out you know the, the approach to how to get the most out of the bag yeah how um, you can use it to your advantage yeah. to then take it to snow basically yeah. i mean ideally you have a jump next to it that's pretty much the same and you can have a few hits on the bag and then take it to the jump and go back and forth yeah but we were just riding the bag constantly um which you know which is fine but yeah as i say it takes like a bit of a toll on the body yeah and you tweak your knee a little bit yeah and how's that yeah so yeah that's not ideal obviously you know we're running up to the olympics and it was the i think i did it on the 19th of of december so luckily i was going home for christmas anyway so i was like oh sweet i can have just two weeks off and it's yeah. just a sprained knee I'll, I'll get over it but i was led on the floor in the living room and like got up and just got up weird off the floor and it like snapped again right and kind of like ruined all that work i'd done swelled up again and you know it's difficult to get rid of the swelling so yeah that knocked me back another two weeks pretty much which meant i couldn't go to lax yeah which brings me to pretty much now and i haven't ridden since um for a month how is that mentally it's it's not ideal because i need you know i need to be away riding even if it's just like crew like snowboarding around on the piste to yeah. keep my you know my balance and the everything you know all the kind of muscles that need to be working well i think everyone can land. i think any, anyone at any level can empathize with the idea that you need a couple of days to get your legs yeah you know so at your level yeah. imagine that's pretty important really yeah especially with my rail riding if i don't ride rails for a long time when i go back i'll go real you know straight legged and, and right try and keep it keep it safe which just isn't it doesn't help like the flow on, on rails. Yeah. Um, and they're big, gnarly rails. In the course looks pretty mental. Yeah, it's I heavy. must say. And it's, um, you know, they get an average of two foot of snow a year. Right. So it's all man-made. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually, when you think of the winter we're having over here, isn't it? Yeah, which anybody that, you know, rides um, man-made snow knows what how hard it is. So it's going to be cold as well, right? It's going to be made out of block ice. Yeah. So, yeah, people might, <laughs> there might be a few bones snapped. Yeah, yeah. Or ligaments in my case. So you're going to head to Lax, do a bit of snowboarding? Yeah, I get three days there. I'm going to make the most of that and just pretty much ride as much as possible while I'm there. Yeah. Um, it's three all right days. So especially on the last day, I'm going to ride from, you know, the very first lift to the last lift just to kind of like hammer my muscles and, and make sure they're kind of ready to to go because then i've got three or four days off before we start to um riding career so so what does that day look like for you in lax you say like cruise cruisy day but you practicing you run you lap in the park like yeah, what are you well, doing I, I don't know i don't know how my knee's gonna be it might start twinging which will mean you know i need to 
kind of I, I wear, I'll, I'll be riding with a brace so yeah. I'll have to brace it up and um and do do as much as I can you know if, if I can if I can ride jumps and rails I, I will you yeah know, get on it pretty sharpish yeah um but if I need to stay safe and just ride around on the piste then then I'll then I'll do that but and not worry about it <clears throat> try not to worry about it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it must be hard at this stage it must be a mental game really because when are your events I'm not 100 percent sure. I know. I get the feeling they're quite late on. I get the feeling the big air's quite late, isn't it? So yeah. And you're in both, obviously. So you're going to have a couple of weeks, really, aren't you? Between those, yeah, those two events. Yeah. See, this is. I don't. You know, having that two weeks off riding is going to be a bit strange. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when. I'm sure they're not going to be like, oh, you might as well crack on and use the slope course as training while, you know, while the events going on we're probably gonna to have to have time off yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if some nations will leave for you know 10, go, 10 days go to japan go to, yeah well you know anything <laughs> <laughs> go to japan and get some powder yeah yeah um yes yeah, so i don't know what's going to happen i mean it was really good the in sochi because we were done straight away literally the day after the opening ceremony yeah it was, it was early wasn't it it was our event and then um we had three weeks to kind of just chill and eat all the free food and that it was epic yeah yeah, and uh, do you get guidance on how to sort of manage that downtime? No, I mean you just go and like go to events and right check other stuff. Just out go and, and watch the watch the games. Yeah, I mean I guess so. I mean we're gonna have to think about it a bit more because we have another event. But yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not sure how that's all gonna work. I mean, what really blew me away when I went to that kind of meeting about the the prep meeting with you lot that I sat in on was the stuff about the village. Now they were basically like, yeah, it's it's rubbish. You know, like the gym's no good, like the rooms are no good. You know, like, and I was a bit like, well, surely you should be coming up with like the most amazing facility possible, really. Yeah. But um, I think Leslie McKenna was saying that they sell them on as like apartments and stuff afterwards. So essentially they 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 build it with that in mind and then the yeah. athletes go in there and it's like, good luck, see you later. Because some of the... Um, renovations that team gb are doing they're like knocking walls together and taking their own gym and all that aren't oh they? really that's what i was saying yeah yeah so well, i mean i guess some people would you know would be a bit bothered by the conditions and that but you know we, we get a bit grim sometimes and yeah stay in hostels and that i, mean, I guess, I, I kind of I guess that's it. kind of the advantage in it of uh, coming from our background you're kind of used to that really. yeah you just get on with it sometimes we're sleeping in a van at least we've got well you were just saying last bed. night you were sleeping on the kit weren't you on the drive down <laughs> yeah I'm sleeping on all the bags of kit in the back of the van yeah so what are you hoping for from it i'd like to get in the finals for both yeah if i if i got in the finals for slope and big air i'd be i'd be stoked yeah because I was saying before, um, it's almost as hard to get to do well in the finals as it is to get into the finals because you have to um, choose the run that you do that's going to be good enough to get you in into the final. You don't want to try something too hard because yeah. you, you might crash and then you've completely fucked it up. Well, there's a lot of kind of game management, you might say, isn't there? Yeah. About in, how you perform yeah. and what you perform to get through it, isn't there? For sure, because once you're in the final, it's just do the best run you can yeah. because everybody else is and it, you know it's not going to cut it if you don't do your best run yeah. pretty much. And hope you land and hope someone else doesn't land. Yeah, yeah there's a lot it? of that going on. Yeah. Um, but getting into the final is, you know, it's a bit, you have to be a bit more reserved because it doesn't really, you, you just need to get in. So do you work on two two runs essentially? Yeah, it would normally Do you do be, it like that? Like as in like I've got a qualifying run and then a final run? Yeah, for, for me it would be there's there's one trick that will basically my front trip front double change into a front trip yeah hopefully that'll work yeah um and what's your final run can you can you say yeah it'll be hopefully like cab trip front trip back trip um 14 or 16 yeah or if it's massive i guess i'll have to like go full yolo but <laughs> I, don't, I don't reckon I've, i don't reckon i've got the minerals for that well that's the day in it as well that's going to come down to how you feel and, yeah. and what the conditions are like and I know. and also the kind of what the final's like in it you know like yeah. how how much everybody else is sending it yeah but I, I've I've no doubt Chris Cornyn will be going he'll be whack it up to a thousand right here we go hell for leather yeah so so that's a good I mean who who are you seeing as the I know it's not really a snowboardy thing to say but who 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 are you seeing as the sort of rivals if you like yeah there's the the obvious the obvious people. Um, you know, McMorris and basically the Canadians and well there's loads of them, isn't there, really? 
that's the thing. And, and the Seb's going again. Um, the the Norwegians, but yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of people are gonna that haven't been watching the last few years are gonna underestimate Chris. Yeah, the young American kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's quite a funny situation with him. He doesn't really like seem to fit in with the rest of the the Yanks because they, you know, they're always like in a little crew, but he's a bit. He just kind of does his own shit and turns up on the day and fully sends it. It's, right. it's really cool. Okay. Um, I'm I'm down with Chris. I like his yeah. <laughs> I like his attitude to it. He doesn't really care what anybody else is up to. He's just like I'm going to do this. Right. That's interesting. What is it you like about that? Uh, it's so so easy to be, especially when you're young, to be sucked into how how cool everything is, and um, I I just see it. You know, I've seen like some people will act really differently when it's just if I see them somewhere and I'm like oh you're right you know they'll sit down and be like real mellow and then the next thing they'll be around some of the some of the cooler kids and they'll just be completely different people yeah and I think that's kind of almost sad like you can't you feel like you can't be your own be your own person in front of them is that something that you've struggled with personally then like with that I've just never really have you bothered tried so. to separate yourself from that a little bit yeah, yeah. I just kind of, I've always just done my own stuff and thought that if people have an opinion of me, they they have a right to an opinion, and I'll have to just get on with it. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a good point to talk about that because that was something I was going to ask you because obviously you you have had some shit really from the yeah, from heaps. the core, <laughs> the, if you like. From yeah. I mean, when was your? It was the triple rodeo back. Well, was, back that, in was, that, was that was that twenty thirteen? Maybe. Yeah. I think it probably was, wasn't it? And then it might the, have been before that. I and then the quad was twenty fifteen, wasn't it? But basically the you you did get a lot of shit really, didn't you? From, yeah. For, for, as a, and the perception was was definitely like, Who's this acrobat, wasn't it, really? Yeah, gymnast on a snowboard. Yeah. That was that was the deal. How did that I mean, you probably talked about this before, but when you look back at that now, what what do you think about that? Because it's interesting that you say in in relation to this kid, Chris. You know that that's kind of what made me think about it because you're saying, well, he's doing his own thing separate from this sort of perceived coolness, if you like. Yeah. Which is a big thing in a sport like snowboarding, yeah, isn't it? For sure. I mean, I feel like they've almost kind of ruined the coolness of it by being too cool and being and being worried about being too cool. I mean, I think like if you think back to like the origins of board sports and like that, it was, it was just being like a a rebel renegade and doing whatever you want. But now it's like, no, this is how you be cool. Yeah, and this is like, what you've got to do. This is what you've got to do to be yeah. cool. Like you need to do these things, and that's that's not how I feel. Like it, you know, that's how not that what, works. Well, that's not the perception that you have from from these sports when you start, is it? No, like you said. The, the idea that you kind of sold is like anything goes you can have your own style and doesn't really matter and yeah that's this, the, the joy of free sports as, as a whole you know they, they are free and you can do whatever you want there's so many things that you can enjoy about snowboarding there isn't a there's not a structured way it should be done that's yeah. why it's good so yeah. why do you think that what you did seemed to piss people off so much um it was probably because you know I wasn't I wasn't you know, one of the cool kids, and I did tricks that that were super, that were hard and hadn't been done before, probably. You see, and do you think it was because this is what I always thought, and I'm just interested to see if you agree. I always just thought it's because you didn't, you came, you seemingly came out of nowhere, and you didn't really fit the mold of of who they thought would do that. Yeah, if you like, you know, if McMorris had done it, it would have been fine. It yeah. would have been part of the story, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been like, oh yeah, that makes sense. He's a snowboarder. Yeah, he's a. But suddenly it's like there's this kid from the UK. Yeah. Who is he? He's not allowed to do that. Who does he think he is? It was a bit like that, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, if, if Mark did it, it would have just been one of those awesome things that he's done. But I guess for me, it was like, it was just the one cool thing I'd done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was a bit different. Yeah. Because if, if one of the guys that are already at the top, it's just like another one of the things, you know, another leaf to their book or whatever. Yeah. Um, what were the other riders like with you? It it was a from the riders' perspective. I think it was a fifty-fifty, right? Because I remember like it was in Keystone, and I saw Chaz Gilderman the next day, and he was he's always been like you know one of the guys I've really kind of looked up to. He's the man, um, 
And he was like, you know, sick, man. That was epic yesterday. I can't believe you did that, you know. And I was like, oh, no way. That's like coming from, you know, one of my heroes. Yeah. Um, and what would get me down is some like, you know, kind of bell-end snowboarder <laughs> that, that, that like shouted something from somewhere. And it's like, oh, you know, and, and that gets you, got me down a little bit. But really, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You know, everybody's going to have an opinion of everything. And, yeah. But Chaz said it was all right. So that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you're talking about it pretty kind of calmly now and, you know, you've obviously like kind of got your head around it, but it must've been quite hard to, to sort of, you know, achieve something like that and then basically get shit for it. I mean, yeah. it's so weird, isn't it? When you put it in those terms. I've always had, like my whole life I've had shit for it. Even when I was at school, I was, you know, I was just the, the backflip kid. Right. I, you know, I really? Could, yeah, I could just do backflips at school, and I was that. I was the weird kid that that could do flips. Right. And then I, and you know, I started people were like, what threatened by it? Well, not not so much at you know at school. It was just a bit like I was abnormal. Right. Then, you know, and then I started you know like whenever whenever when everybody started skating, I I picked that up quite quickly, and it was the same. You know, I didn't. I wasn't the cool technical kid but i'd happily like bomb a big set of stairs or something like right that. and it was like you know the same kind of deal really and then the yeah. same sort of shit basically yeah yeah, yeah. And right with anything i did you know I used, to, I used to rollerblade a bit when i was a kid as well and you know pretty soon after i could do you know i could do flares and stuff in the, in the quarter pipes right them. they were gross but you know i could get them done yeah but that's always the, the way i've done it you know we started snowboarding down the dry slope and it wasn't we weren't affected at all by I don't even think I saw a magazine. The first magazine I had, like, my mum got me because she, you know, she knew I liked snowboarding. But yeah. it was just me and six mates up the dry slope just doing what, whatever we wanted. We weren't influenced by um, the outside of snowboarding at all. It was just what we did at the dry slope. We yeah. like, made it up. Yeah, yeah. Which was w what I was really attracted to. And it wasn't until I went to Morzine and went on snow that it, um, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I've got to start, like, being like this and then I was like right I've got to kind of think about my dress code and, and it was like <laughs> oh right shit because I used to ride in a like a motocross t-shirt up the dry soap you know yeah. like whatever I could get my hands on there was just no no thought into that whatsoever was it even on your radar yeah that there was like a way of doing it yeah yeah um, so you said that happened to you from like a young age so did you how did you handle it were you just a bit like that's weird I'll, I'll crack on or did it affect you in yeah any? no well obviously like you know it wasn't wasn't nice i was like oh you know that's shit i'm just doing what what, what i do and I, that's just always been the same yeah um i had it wasn't just me so i had my mates that i did stuff with as well so yeah you know we were we were all buzzing off of what each other were doing so that that was fine i enjoyed that way more than than some little bit of hate that i got that wasn't going to deter me from from doing what i wanted to do yeah um and I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe, I don't think it should, should be, it shouldn't be a reason for me to not do something. No, of course not. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, for some people it's easier said than done, I think really, you know, cause I mean, basically talking about pressure on you, social pressure yeah, and, and like how you respond to it. And it is like a real thing. I mean, let's be oh, honest. For sure. People get, you know, it changes their lives. It there's, really does. So as, what's it called? A net, um, internet bullying? Yeah. Cyber bullying yeah, and stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, mean, that, that it is a proper thing and you do need strength to ignore it, I think. Mm. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And it sounds like you kind of had that and yeah. you've needed it since because you've had it on a pretty large scale. Yeah, I think if I, if I didn't get it a bit when I was younger, I, um, I, I wouldn't be able to take it so easily now. Yeah. I remember I made, cause I made a YouTube channel and I made it Backflip Boy 123 and I remember being like, oh no, I don't want to do that because... You know they're terrorising me for being the kid that does backflips, but then I was like, nah, I'm gonna own I'm it. Just gonna do it. Yeah. So you got into snowboarding. You get into skateboarding first, and then you got into snowboarding. Uh, yeah, I get. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I didn't really get into skateboarding. It was just you know, kind of my mates were skating, and then when when they stopped, I stopped. It wasn't like a long, yeah, a long lasting um, craze back then. Um, and you, but, but I never stopped. Stopped when when it. When I got a bit older and my mates were like skating again properly, I carried on skating. Yeah. But yeah. And you were like, you did, you grew up doing gymnastics, right? Is that right? Yeah. Well, I was a gymnast for a couple of years and then I was selected for the acro squad. Right. Which, which is completely different to gymnastics. And, and I did that for uh, six, six or eight years. So how old were you then? 
Um, I think I started when I was eight till I was about 15. I quit when I was 15 because right. my partner broke his ankle. Right. And then we tried to get someone else and it didn't really work. Right. So we fell apart then. Well, that was basically seven years of training, really. Yeah, it was every day after school and um, like five hours on a Saturday. So it's pretty relentless. So um, that's where it comes from. Because, you, you know, what the ability that you've obviously got is incredible awareness in the air. Yeah. And seemingly an ability to learn things and process things quite quickly, you know. Yeah. Do, you, do you see that that's where that came from? Yeah, basically? I mean, it was definitely the root, the root of my, my ability to learn things like that. And I've thought about it a lot more recently because I, I get asked about it now. Yeah. But um, Hamish says that really my gymnastic ability was never that good. Right. If you look at me compared to... Like, good old Hamish. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> he's always got my back. <laughs> but I, I was never a good Yeah, you're gymnast, pretty shit. So, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Uh, so that didn't kind of... It didn't make me who who I was today. It just gave me the ability to learn things and okay. like have that kind of discipline that I had when I was younger right. to do whatever I wanted. Okay. to do with it, do you know what I mean? So do you apply that to snowboarding when you're learning these? I assume so, yeah. I mean, because yeah. it's the general attitude that I take towards things. Um, if I've got something I want to do, then I'm, I'm normally, it's it's in the back of my head like, most of the time. And that's another thing I wanted to ask you about, and it's kind of related to what you were talking about earlier, about when you were saying that with all these, with skateboarding and snowboarding, you didn't really follow the scene or you didn't really know what was cool or what was allowed, if you like. So when you got into snowboarding and you started to get good at it and, and serious about it and you started to think about new tricks and, and how you could do them, did you, did that, is that just something that you've always done? Like imagined new tricks and new ways of doing things? Yeah, I mean, it was always kind of just a progression. It was right. like, right, this has been done. What can you put on top of that? or do that on or you know things like that so it was it's just kind of like a natural progression for me when I stopped going to acrobatics when I was younger I went just on a Thursday night when right. when anybody could go and you could just like mess around on all the equipment and that's when I started you know just getting loose and just doing reckless flips and we had, there was a big crew of us there was some like free runners and some some break dancers and we had the, the best time on a on a Thursday when I was like 16 17 just do it you know same same kind of deal doing what we wanted you know we called it like freestyle gymnastics because we didn't do any gymnastics stuff we just did flips yeah and then that's exactly kind of what i did on a snowboard with my mates we did the same thing you know it was like what we've done a 180 now how do we do a 360 yeah and then how do we do a 514 it's just like a kind of progression yeah so when you when you try to learn a new trick these days what's the process yeah, if it's a new one now, it's either really gnarly or um, I have to go back a few stages and like learn the preps for that trick. So okay. Like, um, I've never done a, a, a switch backside 10. Right. Um, which most people would be like, that's ridiculous. You know, you, you, you tried a backside quad, but you haven't done a switch back 10. Um, because my, my switch backside just never got used and I never had the time to kind of work at it so if i was going to do something new it would have to it would really have to be like you know a switchback 10 so i'd have to go back and do so you're thinking about the building back fives like the building blocks basically yeah. to like to and then connect those spins into something new essentially yeah exactly right so, yeah so how long does it take because you, you know you'll see and these probably sound like quite stupid questions maybe but i'm interested because you know you'll see the you see the clip you see the quad for yeah. example but you don't see the work that goes into that and you don't yeah. see the you don't see how long it's taken and, and how many times you've eaten shit. And, and, and I kind of have an idea that how much work does go into it. So I'm just interested in, in you sort of explaining that really. Yeah, the, the quad was quite different because it it's not really one of those things you can kind of break down too much and do like little bits of it. It was, it, the deal with that was go up, do a bunch of triples, as many as triples as we could get done before 10 o'clock. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, have a reshape and then when the snow's like because that was when the estimated like breaking conditions of the snow is not going to be nice and soft yeah and then it was do a couple more and then just go full send right um 
I think if it, if I hadn't have landed it the, the first time, I'd have probably not tried it again. Because I remember landing and being like, that was actually hell loose. Like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah it was, so you were relieved? Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, my God, I'm alive. Right. There's so much pressure. Yeah, um, it got pretty hyped, that, didn't it? I mean, not that publicly, but, you know, I think in this... There's a bit of chat, because it was a bit of an arms race, wasn't there, about that? You know, there was, like, other people were yeah. close to it. and It was... There was definitely, like, a, like who's going to do it first, wasn't there? Yeah, Max had had a jump built, and I think he was, like, literally waiting for the sun to come up. Yeah. Because he was eight hours behind right. to do his cab quad under. Um, <laughs> although it's a different... It is a different trick. Yeah, but it was, like, who's going to do the first quad, wasn't yeah, it, basically? Yeah, it was a big deal. And it's especially a big deal for Red Bull, because that's, like, a you know, it's a performance thing. And yeah. That, re- that, that like, relates to, to what they do. Because um, am I rem- right in remembering that you had an operation after that as well? Yeah, I had it. I was booked in for two days after, so I literally did it and flew home and had an op. Yeah. If I didn't do it then, I, would, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do it. We'd tried before. We went to Zur's to, to give it a go. Um, with the with Paddy and the legs of steel guys. Yeah. Um, See, so there's another thing as well. You know, they've always been really accommodating. Most people wouldn't associate some, themselves with like the skiers. You know, but um, because the UK scene's always been quite small, like I've done lots of stuff with them. I I've always just found that absolutely nonsense. All yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I grew I grew up with living with skiers. You know, I've said this before on here, but like I've just always found that just yeah. so ridiculous. And it's still, I was like, no, no, no it's, it's going to die. That's the way of the past. But it's still, you still to hear this it. Day, someone's like, oh, you're not a snowboarder. You still hear right? it. It's, like, unbe- really? it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, on. it's always skiers saying it as well. They're always like, oh, snow. You know, I I heard recently like, well, you know, the thing about snowboarders is they can't control. You know, like it's just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't listen to it. It's no, pointless. I think. Yeah, well, it's funny. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Sorry, I went off on a tangent. No, there. me no too. Um, good skier rant. James yeah. Stanford in the last episode had a good skier rant as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What was I saying? Um, doing, the, doing the quad, wasn't it? Yeah. You were saying the legs of steel and that you that you tried it before. And... Yeah, we tried it in Zers and it didn't really work. The jump was a bit funky, um, which put more pressure on the next one because um, it was like the last chance last chance to dance on that jump. Yeah. And um, they, they had to pretty much reshape that whole jump just to do it so you know red bull poured in they didn't tell me before but a lot of a lot of money into getting that built just for that that one day the opportunity that we had to do it yeah and there was a bunch of people there you know like my mates were there as well so it was like no pressure yeah like <laughs> shit um rowan was there trying you know trying front trips he got day. hurt that day didn't he yeah he broke his hip mm. that was actually the worst thing yeah one of the worst things i've seen i've never seen like someone scream in pain like that yeah it was horrible yeah that's a big injury in it it's a yeah, big bone a big hip it's a big bone a lot going that. on there yeah good friend of mine broke his hip a few years ago and he, yeah he was the same he's screaming yeah you know they gave him like round one of drugs and it was like no effect gave him the morphine it was no effect and then they gave him something else and he was like ah. yeah, he's done so but, well yeah to, to come back from that and to be riding at the level that he is yeah i think he was quite lucky I think it, it, whatever happened, it broke and went back clean. Right. And it was like, you know, got away with that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he's in, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, which That's is great. That's so cool. It's I'm great. so stoked. Yeah, it really is. Because he's the boy. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll he's, be brilliant seeing him on that platform, won't it? Like, yeah. And the, and the publicity. I think that, he'll love it as well. He deserves it. He's worked so hard. He's, he's always, a good snowboarder. He's always him. been here. And yeah. Yeah, he deserves it for sure. He's become... The last few years, he's really become like himself as well. Yeah. Um, and I think he he's kind of adopted that. You know, I I can do what I want to do. But luckily, he's he's got that cool coolness about him anyway. So he's got the best of both worlds. Yeah, he's got that definitely. Well, I mean, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, we've kind of referred to like the British scene a little bit and your relationship with Hamish McKnight, who's the head coach for snowboard yeah. and GB Park and Pipe. How important's that relationship been for you? Because I mean, would you? He's like skill acquisitions coach. Would you say? Is that he's he? skill acquisitions to the max. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, how much has that helped? It, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here without him. I have to. Say, I, I don't like saying it because it sounds so cringe. Yeah. But um, to say that, you know, about your coach. Some people don't think you should have coaches and stuff like that. But he, he's so he's so analytical on on snowboarding and 
how things work. Yeah. That he, you know, he, he'll explain to me a trick that I can already do and it'll bring to light new things about like how that trick's done. Okay. Cause we just kind of like, you know, send the trick, but then he, he's, he's evaluating like the, how much pressure's going through, like which part of the board when you leave the lip and things like that. And if it's not going right, I'll just bang my head against the wall going like, Oh fuck's sake. Why isn't this working? Yeah. And he can go, well, yeah, you need to keep you know you need to keep your pressure through your tail when you when you when you come through this part of the jump, and I'm like, oh right. Which I know lots of lots of people don't know that. I think there's a handful of coaches that are here on the hill that that know what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like some people just need like you know a moral support or like a hype man to kind of help them get through. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but um, Hamish is kind of good at being different with different athletes as well yeah he kind of knows my idea what i just want to be like told i don't the, the facts and like let me get on with it yeah um and some other people need a bit of like you know confidence boosting and stuff like that going on yeah um but yeah he i think without him i would i would have, I would have struggled to to drive on i think that was the thing and like do tricks on days where i was like Man, i'm a bit tired i I don't, I'm not going to do it. And he'd be like, well, you need to get these numbers. You need to get the, the reps here up to, up to, you know, five, at least five tries a day to, to get this trick on lock. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, I'll go and do it then. Right. So do you think that, I mean, you know, it seems to me that competitive British snowboarding is a real high point, isn't it? You know, and the whole setup as well, you know, like the riders like you, but then like this kind of approach by Leslie and Hamish and mm. Pat from this, the skier side of things do you think that that is what's enabled british snowboarding to to kind of leap up to the level that it's at you know this this kind of approach from those guys yeah um i don't remember what i was talking about this last but it's a hard question to ask you know like why why are the brits quite good because is that there's 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 a you know three world firsts really in the last few years that have come from britain yeah which is you know quite mad really when you think about it yeah that we, that we don't have any snow that's a kind of classic yeah. excuse well, everyone's, for us. I can use that if I don't do very well I'm like, oh, but I don't have any snow but I, start, I started on a dry slope so you <laughs> don't know. worry about it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, have you been to Calshot yeah <laughs> Calshot's the best <laughs> bring back Calshot um, what was I going to say the you said it's a hard question to answer, really. Like why why it's happened that yeah, you know. I think I think it's the kind of the attitude of of Brits as a whole. We are pretty gun ho sometimes, or or YOLO. I think. I mean, it's it's hard to say, but but we we are a bit, aren't we? We're a bit. Um, Brit, I think we're I think, a bit Britsy. It's like kind of classic. Well, it? yeah, the Europeans definitely you know when on the snowboard scene it's always like oh yeah there's the brits isn't it you know and there's there's definitely been that that thing with british snowboarding that because it's come from dry slope and because it's come the roots of it aren't like european snowboarding i mean if you look at like let's take the norwegians you mm. know like, let's take their if you look at the the, the people you're going to be competing against you know they've got like terrier and daniel frank they've, there's a really clear path you know, mm. but we don't really have that. I mean, that path's being created by by you guys, really, at the minute. Yeah. So it's it it has been harder, I think, and I think it it's that's the case for you as well, because if you look at you know you mentioned peers like Mark McMorris, you know, and then we've mentioned like your background. You know, if you compare that to his background and where he came from, it's pretty different. I mean, did that yeah. feel like a disadvantage? Um. It would it would be seen as a, as a dis- disadvantage, but we I think we've just done other things before starting snowboarding that were really just kind of like, you know, a lot of the guys are doing trampolining and stuff like that now. Yeah. Um. You know, when they get better at snowboarding, they're like, right, we need to go and do some stuff on trampolines to help our aerial awareness. But we just kind of had that already, so we didn't really have to work on that later. So there's other skills that we built before starting snowboarding that that helped out with that. Yeah. Um. It's so it's so hard to say, you know. It's such a mixed bag. I mean, Jamie Jamie didn't do any gymnastics, but he rode dry slope from a young age, yeah, um, which made him really good at snowboarding in a different way to someone that had just been snowboarding on snow all their life. Yeah, yeah. Because you can tell by his his like his rip and well his rail game in general. Yeah, is is he wouldn't have that without his background basically. No, yeah, it's, it's different, yeah. and you can see when he rides that his like when he does. 
if you watch some of his rail parts, he just looks like so solid on on, on what he's doing. He does look different to yeah. a lot of other snowboarders. Yeah, and so it makes sometimes makes it look too easy that people don't appreciate his his skill. Yeah, yeah. I guess it, I guess what we're saying is that that's what it is now snowboarding isn't it yeah it's mixed bags yeah. all over the place there isn't even th- in the states like we've there isn't this saying. traditional path is there no you know I guess if you look at the field next month you'll you'll see that really yeah yeah do you think it's held you back in any way because I just look at some of the opportunities that somebody with your level you know there can be like X Games invites or you know this the, the, the opportunities that kind of come from reputation sometimes rather than do you think yeah yeah there there is a bit of that um, I think with with, a, with some more opportunity earlier on I could have got a bit more um, but then I can't complain about the opportunities I've been given I've been you know I've, it's been good you know, yeah I've got I got picked up by Red Bull and they pretty much like will will help if you need something they'll normally do what they what they can do to help you out yeah um you know even if it's down to like injuries and stuff like that they're you know they, they help you they're yeah the opportunities thing is a yeah is, is, a, is a big part of it and the kind of judging and stuff like that as well i have i have been classically kind of marked down by the judges before to the point where you know handfuls of the riders have been like Right, come on! You know, there's a there's a limit to to this. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you've you've clearly stomped on him here. That's not really fair. Right. Um, Why do you think that is? Um, I don't know really. I mean, it's, right. it's just a classic kind of. Oh, he's just a gymnast on a snowboard. Right. But then the riders come back and go, well, you know, it, it you know might not have had the best style, but he you know he did go upside down three times, and so you you have to give him some credibility there. You yeah. You can't give him. 15 points less than someone that did a double yeah like that's that what what you're rolling the dice there so yeah yeah it's it's good when you get backed up yeah by the riders for something like that but some riders just have that you know it's it's not just it's not just me like there's lots of lots of riders that have had the same deal um yeah i mean it's not a new thing really i guess because it's all about this kind of like we said earlier safeguarding of what it's supposed to be, isn't it? Yeah. You know, on that level. And sometimes it works the other way, though, because if they give you, like, not many marks in one contest, they're like, shit, we got <laughs> we got to hook him up this time. But it shouldn't be able to be like that. No. But it's a, you know, it's a it's an opinion-based judging thing, really, and it yeah. always will be. If it doesn't, it it, it will change the sport for, for the bad. Yeah. Um, because it'll become tariffed, and you'll have, you'll get certain marks for certain tricks, and I don't think that's a good thing. No. Um, so you of the two events that you're in, are you feeling more confident about one or the other? Um, no, I'm not. As in the results based thing, I'm not like more confident in one than the other. I don't think I'm more worried about slope style, right? Because there's there's more going on, and um, I feel like you know I haven't had the opportunity to work on some bits of of my slope run as yeah. much as I'd like to have of, of, of recently. Um, when big air's just kind of like, oh, you've got two things to kind of do. Yeah. And realistically, I'm going to, that's all I'm going to do. I've got two tricks. So what about um, afterwards? Like after snowboarding, have you have you thought about that much? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure yet. Um, His coaching seems like coaching's a what? bit of an obvious route, really. Yeah. Given your relationship with, you know, skill acquisition if you like yeah. and, and you know the way you can translate these things is that something you thought about I, I do I do like it when I if I go to Woodward and stuff there's I always find myself helping some kid or someone that wants to learn something right um, you know I'll give them a little pointer and then they'll come back and be like was well, you know was this working and then I'll spend time with them and I really enjoy it because when they you know I get stoked on other people learning things and, yeah and um, and doing new stuff because they get really stoked as well Um the, the yeah the coaching route is what I, I would like to do i just i would i would like to be somewhere where i'm actually useful i don't just want to be um have it for the sake of it you know right um i i want i would like to you know to be used properly but i think i can we do a lot enough kind of um trampolining stuff and snow stuff that i could be kind of utilized in in a bunch of areas hopefully yeah um with the the strength and conditioning and stuff like that as well, I've done you know spent lots of time in the 
in the gym rehabbing myself that sadly I'm quite into that now and I know quite right. a lot about it. So to kill the route. Yeah, well the crossover of on snow training to you know like off snow skill acquisition and yeah. then stuff in the gym it's all kind of it does mash into one you know there's there's like certain exercises and that 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 are really helpful with balance and things like that and i kind of got a bit of a passion for that which is weird because i when i first injured myself i was i'm not going to the gym yeah I'm, yeah it's the worst place ever yeah, it's not, it sounds like getting old billy starting to <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> starting, not from you please starting to starting to enjoy going to the gym it's the first sign I know, I know. <laughs> it's bad, really. But do you reckon you'll? Um, do you reckon you'll try and do another one? Olympics, I mean. Because what are you twenty eight now? Yeah, I, I mean. Is, is that I, how old you are? I'm, yeah, yeah. I'll be. I'd be. A, I'd do a Jenny because she was thirty two when she competed. Yeah. And got got a medal. So, you know, I I could do it. I'd have to. Um, I'd have to rethink how I go about it. Yeah. Um, I couldn't just hammer another four years. Um, because it, my brain couldn't handle it. Really? Yeah, it's it's starting to stress me out a bit. I've got a few greys coming through. Right. Um, and it's getting scarier. Another it's sign. not getting easier, yeah. <laughs> well, then that's, uh, you know, the other th- obvious thing that I know you've been asked about a lot um, is is the risk side of it, really, because yeah. the progression is not an original observation, but the progression is ridiculous, and it's only, yeah. ever, it's only getting more so. Yeah. Um, you seem somebody who's pretty comfortable with risk. You know, it seems like quite. It seems to like be able to um, compute it. Mm, I've maxed that out now. I think I've used all my all my tickets for that. You reckon? Yeah. All right. My, all my tokens have been used. So why is that? How, well, how? Like just. I just you... worry about it too much. I, I genuinely wait. You know, I wake up in the morning. If I wake up too early, I, I can't get back to sleep because I'm just instantly thinking about right stuff. I'm worried about. In terms of what, like the Just damage in, in general, right? In general, and then that on top, thinking if I've got a contest the next day, like, I'm like, oh, um, which makes it harder to train because I need to be practicing those tricks on the regular. Yeah, you know, has well. has that got worse? Like more more difficult to to get over? Was that was that there when you were young as well? Not so much, but then you know I wasn't doing, I wasn't really doing the stuff at like a world class level at like the hardest it, it's being done yeah I was but you've always been somebody who's like by sounds a bit a thinker anyway yeah um, I cal- calculate my risks is what Hamish says yeah um, and that doesn't change if you if you calculate the risks then you're just you, you know what the risk is that you're taking yeah. if you just go into it blindly that's probably not the best idea right but um, you know if you think this is the amount of times that I've fallen and you can, you can kind of weigh it up. And if you do that and then you look at the stats, you can be like, I'm willing to take that risk, yeah. which makes it easier for me to kind of, because for me, I'm, I'm worried about, shall I do it or shall I not? That's this, the decision of making that, you know, it's right. like, I, I could, I could not do this. I could just walk back down and be like, I'm not doing it or, or I do it. And it makes it easier for me if I've looked at the, if I've looked at the calculations, yeah, it's yeah. a weird way. Of no, no, it, not at all. I mean, I think I think everybody has their own limit, don't they? You know, whether you're going to try and jump off a ten foot cliff or wing yourself off what you know, like what you do. Yeah. Like everybody has this process, but I think what's fascinating for people about what athletes like yourself do is just like how ridiculously far removed it is, like your level of risk from from most ordinary people. So it's just really interesting to hear you. I think most, you know, you must get it a lot. Oh, you must, you know, must mental, like, no, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. So, so hearing you basically admit that you get scared and you have to process that is, is interesting, you know? Yeah. Where, where do you think it'll end, snowboarding progression? You've got a pretty unique view on that, you know? I mean, they can always build the obstacles bigger. It, Marcus is the, you just watch Marcus and what he does on rails and how how fast he can spin if he wants to. Um, his that cab two on to I don't even know what you call it cork five backside cork five off that is a dope trick I put a link up yeah that is normally I can get my head around something and like be like oh no I'd like to try that or like no I don't want to try that but that I can I can I can barely get my head around that right that's cool so do you feel like you you're almost at the point where maybe you know it's moving on from 
way you can yeah, keep yeah. For up. Me it's, you know yeah, what I mean? You know, like, I, I think I've hit the I've hit the limits now of what I what I'm driven to do. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I struggle like, if, to do another world's first. It's like do I? I've, I've done one. Do, doing another one would be cool, but I'm I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what else have you been thinking about for the for the sort of post riding career? Because you know, I've I've tried kind of not thought about it. Yeah, I've I've been like, I don't know what's going to happen afterwards. I don't know what what doors will open. Um, I have spoken to you know the the um gb team about it and and said you know the, would you would you like that idea of me getting into it somehow and they're like yeah you know that it works because you you've already been through it you know what's going on you know how we work and i mean it's the natural progression it's like hamish and and yeah. jack and leslie you know they're all pre riders and it and it does make sense so yeah um other than that i'd have to do something um out of I'd be a tree surgeon yeah and I can cruise around outside and yeah yeah be, and be a man <laughs> that's what I want to do well you're taking the piss a bit but is that what you is that what you're into like is that would that be something you could yeah, seriously yeah, see yeah, yourself I'd, doing yeah I'd like that I'm, I'd, I'd do it sometimes anyway go and help help my my old boss cut a bit of trees down and stuff. yeah yeah I'm pretty handy I, I'd worked on the buildings for four or five summers with a mate of my dad's and you know picked up a lot of stuff my dad was an engineer when i was well he's always been an engineer so i've learned a lot off of him so i've always been pretty handy and i like i enjoy that kind of stuff so yeah that would be my second option but so no desire to turn into a free rider and uh oh yeah but I w if i did that i would like to do that like on my own i think the the, the professional life it, it does take that that little bit of freedom away from away from what what I'd started snowboarding for in the first place. Right. Um that's I, interesting. Yeah, I've said to people like, I'd like to take a year out and do the um I get invited to kind of like strange contests sometimes that, you know, are off the map and are, are more like just fun things and go to go to Japan and ride some powder and kind of do the all Mick, the bits the, and bobs. The Mick Fanning year out sort of vibe. That's yeah, that's it. That's what I want to do. I think yeah, you should do. There's so much stuff I've, I haven't done because I haven't had time to do it. Yeah, and I'm not spending ten years of my life um, getting a skill and then not using it for the best, the best bits. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. Definitely. I mean, there's so much out there to do in snowboarding, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. I need to go ride with Stenterford. He said years back. You should go ride I with James. I need to go ride with Yeah, I know I do, mate. But you should do for sure. I will. So do you? Um, it's a question from Ed Lee, this actually, because I told him I was speaking to you. He said, did, did you, do you wish you'd found snowboarding earlier? I'd, it would be, it would have been ideal, you know, if I'd started snowboarding when I was, when I was younger and went on snowboard holidays with my family or whatever, that would have been good. But what if, you know, there's hundreds of things you could, what if? Yeah. And what about other sports? Do you ever wish you'd taken your... Surfing. Yeah. And then I could be on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Not having to carry that board bag around the whole time. Yeah, lugging a board bag around, walking out the airport. And oh, I realised you need to put two jackets on. Yeah, it definitely gets more boring that as you, as you uh, the more longer you do it. I, yeah. I actually dread packing a snowboard bag these days. Oh, mate. I'm quite um, good at it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you learn, don't you? Um, really, like surfing. I mean, it's a bit of a bit of a throwaway question, really. Yeah. But, but it just, you know, someone with your ability could have probably turned the hand to... It, realistically, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say what what I what I could have what I could have done what what I would have what I would like to be now and what I could have done is better. I'd love to be a pro skater. Yeah, that'd be epic. You know, I think skating's the hardest thing a man can do. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, so that you know that'd be really cool. Yeah. So, um, a question I often ask people on here: um, How do you relax? Because you've said that you. Well, you said earlier, you said like, well, you know, sometimes I have trouble sleeping because I'm thinking about things and, you know, like, what, how, what's downtime for Billy? It's normally things that just, that I need to concentrate on that, that take my mind off it. I like cooking. Yeah. So, you know, like when you're engaged in cooking, you can't really go and do something else because there's something on and you've got, you know, things are cooking for certain times and shit yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, I, I admit I play some 
like games, play games on my phone. I still play Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as as sad as that may sound, like I'm just kind of out and I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just right. kind of like cruising around. Something that basically means you can switch off, like yeah. disengage. Yeah, disengage my normal worry head and um the monkey mind. Yeah, and that's do the same. Right. So have you always had that? Like a kind of reeling mind, if you yeah, like. Yeah, I think yeah, I think for a lot of people that's what, you know, attracts people to them kinds of things sometimes. It like it it distracts you from what you're normally worried about. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that in society now. There's a yeah. lot of worry and anxiety and stuff in social expectations and shit like that. Do you people, suffer from that? Like that that kind of social I mean, I know we talked about it in snowboarding in it slightly different context, but is that something that you kinda that does occupy your mind? Yeah, I guess so, a little bit for sure. I mean, it, it, you'd be really lucky to not. I know. I know people that just don't suffer with that, and it must be so nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely not easy. Yeah, especially with social media, it's just a lot of it out there. I've, a, I've had to lot of info. I have to go on put, of info put to digest and get off. Yeah, really. I almost feel, I almost feel worse the longer I sit there and flick through stuff. Yeah, it's a really weird relationship, isn't it? Yeah, because you just you know it's bad for you and you know it's bad for your brain yeah it's kind of like addictive, i've, I've been it? quite good recently but it's not good for my job you know like I'm, yeah you know, i'm expected to go and put stuff up and I'm, I'm quite lax with that i should do it more um and when i when i've got something decent i enjoy it you know i put it up and i'm stoked and and that's cool but it's when i like i feel like i need to put things up and i'm not yeah um and then there's the expectations of oh has it got enough likes i'm like what, what am i thinking about this for <laughs> who cares <laughs> who gives a shit um and yeah, that that must be a, a million times worse for, for for the younger kids than it is like fully the part. We did that thing yesterday, and they said you can't do this activation at kitten out unless you have ten thousand followers or more. Really? Yeah, that's what they said. So at they, the... Yeah, you can do the, do this thing, and they'll give you something. Right. Um, but yeah, you know that's not really worth it for us unless you've got wow ten thousand followers. And it was like wow, that, you know that's cool because Hamish was like, I need one of them, and then went to go and. And they were like, nah. Hamish ain't got 10,000 followers. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky he's got 10. Yeah. Is he even on there? He is. Really? He, is. He's, yeah, he, can't, he struggled to find. Keep, he keeps ghost, himself well Ghost McKnight. Keeps himself well <laughs> hidden. He posted the best Facebook update I've ever seen, actually, when he had his son. And he just wrote, boy. That was it. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, but that's classic Hamish. He knew that that would be as big a deal as him brilliant because he's thought about it so much yeah yeah no i thought that I was... wasn't a spur of the moment thing no i, I mean he would have been obviously like... he thought about that but i was like <laughs> fair play if you're only going to post one update ever make it that one boy um well we should wrap it up because you've got a physio appointment coming up yeah um so what are you gonna do after the games last question well i was saying i've done i've done dry january um, which I've I've never done. I've never had a full month off off drinking, so I've done that. Enjoy um, it. And no, it's been terrible. Really? Yeah. I, I really wanted it to like sort my headspace out and like that anxiety and stuff like that. I thought, right, now that will get rid of that. Yeah. If I don't, but it didn't. I've done it twice. First time, I no, I've done it a few times. I've done it three times. First time, I was like, yeah, actually, this is really great. You know, like I slept better and all that. Yeah. Next two times, I did it. Yeah, literally no difference. I think the the benefit that I've had from it has not outweighed the the negatives. I don't think. So yeah, dry January. I'm going to do monsoon March. Monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's it, mate. Yeah. Well, I'll see you at the Brits. Oh, it's April. Yeah. But, uh, that's normally yeah one of them, isn't it? I think we're going to plan uh, like a a lads a lads trip um, with the all the snowboard lot because we you know we go away a lot but we never go somewhere where we're completely kind of off the snow and right and relaxed so I think um, where are you going to go maybe Sri Lanka nice um, yeah if we can drag um, whichever of the of the boys or girls that want to come yeah yeah I think I know me and Jack are like dead certs Hamish Wicked. needs to get some time off the kids Rowan yeah, will probably yeah. come oh, that'll be a laugh yeah have you been before no I normally it's go to Bali on the way good. to on the way to the southern hemisphere every year but it's a lot more relaxing barley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the waves are good. All so right. yeah. Wicked man. Sweet. Thanks very much. Well, Billy, cheers. And uh yeah, hope it goes well. Thanks, man. So there you go, that was my interview, Billy. And I hope you enjoyed it. I told you it was a real revealing insight into the pressures and ambitions of uh at the top end of professional sport. And I do think it was a great quote that he uh came up with at the end. I think he said something like, So much stuff I haven't done in snowboarding because I haven't had time. 
I'm not spending 10 years of my life getting a skill and then not using it for the best bit, which I did find to be quite a poignant statement because, you know, here's a kid who spent 10 years snowboarding. And um, obviously that suggests he feels like he's missed out on some pretty key parts of the snowboarding experience. And I think that is probably really common for a lot of professional athletes. So I'm looking forward to obviously seeing how Billy gets on in the biggest month of his snowboarding life, but I'm equally looking forward to how he gets on when he does head to Japan and um, start entering the second phase of his snowboarding career. So yeah, I'll be cheering him on for both. So have a good one, Billy. Send it in Korea and I'll see you on the other side. So that's it for this week. Like I said at the top, I ended up having to rush this one out to get it past the Olympic blackout. But yeah, normal service will be resumed once I get back from Munich, which is where I am now, get some sleep, eat some vegetables, have a long, hard word with myself about my food and life choices, which is something that often happens to me when I uh, come to Munich and end up eating beer and bratwurst and pretzels for a week. Um, but yeah, I've snagged a couple of interviews and... Um, yeah, I think we're looking good. So until the next time, I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you later. Nice one.